Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
Father, we thank you for this offering. Bless it for your kingdom's use. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Um, by the grace of God, I'm continuing the series I started last week, um, which is actually a continuation of what Reverend preached um, some time ago, I think in March or February, from Bishop's book, What It Means to Be Wise as a Serpent. Um, so let's continue. Last week we talked about how, who remembers what we talked about last week? Who remembers? What? Pardon. To be wise as a serpent, but which specific trait of the serpent were we talking about? Masters of speed, but last week, masters of speed, overcoming handicaps. But la last week we were reminding, that, that was when I was reminding you about all that Reverend had said. Hey, you don't remember anything that I said last week? Masters at operating by the senses. Oh, okay. So at least, masters at operating by the senses. This week, we are going to continue. I don't want to um, take as long as I did last week. So let's start. I won't do much of a, uh, of a recap. I'm sure the message is available and the book is available. So this week, we are going to talk about masters at being unpredictable. Masters at being unpredictable. You know, I was kind of surprised. Uh, shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a light unto our, our a light for our path and a lamp for our feet. We give you praise and we give you glory. We pray for the grace to learn something from your word, from what the bishop has written. Learn something which will shine a light onto our paths. Learn something which will be a lamp for our feet. Learn something which will make us better ambassadors of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Um, so masters are being unpredictable. I was kind of surprised when I saw this in the list of contents because... Um, I thought it's, I've always thought that it's good to have an orderly life, you know. You wake up on Monday, you know what you're doing, what you do on Mondays. You wake up on Tuesdays, you know what you're doing on Tuesday. You wake up on Wednesday. Personally, I function better when I have a schedule. And in any, any area of life where I do not have a schedule, then I have to start rethinking things. And I quickly give myself a schedule. So when I saw the chapter, I was like, really? Masters are being unpredictable because... When you function the way I typically do, um, you are quite predictable. Like even your children know what you will do next. They said they know what will happen when you open this door. They know what will happen. They know whether you are going to start screaming about something. 
You know whether, I mean, you know that uh, once we had a visitor and uh, one of my sons said that the doors in our house close, the garage door opens, you can tell who it is. You can tell whether it's daddy coming from work, he's tired, he's just going to sleep or eat late, eat and go and sleep. It's one of the two things. He really doesn't uh, want to talk to anyone. If, if they are home and they don't come down, he's okay. You can also tell him, mommy has arrived with the groceries. I mean, she'll start shouting from the door. You, you, you get me? She start shouting from the door. She start yelling about the trash can is still by the road. It is evening. Can you, can you see anybody's trash can still by the road? So you can tell by the way the door opens and whether it stays open, whether the person is coming with some blasting or something. Because if the trash can is by the road, I won't close the garage door. I will open the door and you will hear me screaming. Because there are people in the house and the people are of age. You get me? But, I mean... That's a different story. So you are quite predictable. You, 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 you get what I'm saying. But Bishop says, I mean, in this book, in this chapter of the book, he's saying that serpents are wise because their masters are being unpredictable. When you are unpredictable, people don't, can't always expect you to do things the same way. You see, so the Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 8, that the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh. And whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So, when you are, and he, the emphasis in this verse is on everyone that is born of the Spirit. Everyone that is born of the Spirit. And if you're born again, you're born of the Spirit. Whether you speak in tongues, whether you don't speak in tongues, but preferably you should speak in tongues, because the Bible says so many things about people who speak in tongues. One of it is that they, when you speak in tongues, you give thanks well. So you should be, I mean, you are born of the Spirit. We should be, be like the wind. The wind is unpredictable. We, we don't know, we can't see the wind. We usually tell what the wind is doing by observing signs. Like if all the leaves are blowing this way, or if your dress is blowing this way in the subway, you know that the wind is coming this way. But you can't see it, and you can't really tell what it is going to do. So um, serpents are wise because they are unpredictable. I'm going to quote, and then I'll start talking to you about Jesus and unpredictability. The Bible says, I mean, in the book, Bishop says that when you are born of the Spirit, you will be unpredictable and, and, and you will be as unpredictable and unreadable as the wind. And that this is bad news to your enemy. You see, when your enemy can always tell what you are going to do, you are easily defeated. The person knows that. One of the things that they say to people who exercise a lot by running outside and walking outside is that if you run outside, one of the ways to be safe is not to do it at the same time every day especially when you run or walk in quiet places. Because you see, that way, when somebody observes you, you are a single woman by yourself, and you run these two to five miles every day through the same track in the same forest. And there are not usually any, there's not usually anyone around. As much as that discipline of doing it at the same time is good for your exercise regimen, what it also does is that if someone wants to harm you, the person also knows that you do this at the same time every day. So you are supposed to mix it up, or at least try and do some of it when there are people around. Because this same person, you know, people who are, you are a loner for a good reason. You, you want to exercise, you prefer exercise, you don't like team sports, you don't play golf, you like to run by yourself. You are operating the wisdom of the serpent, because there's another chapter that talks about masters at being alone. But because you are so predictable, you are also not safe. Because when you are running, and these days most people run or walk with earphones on, you can't even hear someone approaching. And that is the danger of it. 
It, it isn't right that you shouldn't feel free to run, but just because you are so predictable that you will come from work at five and start running, and for four to five months of the year in this country, it's dark in certain places. And that predictability makes you pray for the enemy. People have been strangled, people have been raped, people have been attacked. Just because you are so predictable, you will do this every day. Somebody's watching your apartment. You never close your windows, and you live in a city like New York. And there's, um, there, there's all these fire escapes outside the windows, and they watch you, and they know when the building is quiet. So the person just has to watch you, and just because you are predictable in the fact that you will not close your window, that becomes it. You get me? That's why it's wise to be unpredictable sometimes and for certain things. So then he goes on to say that even though most snakes are harmless, you can never tell. I think I was supposed to teach a verse, you see. Don't worry. Reverend will teach you in the second service. There'll be more people to learn the verse. So um, a, a person, I genuinely forgot, seriously, genuinely. So even though most snakes are harmless, you can never tell what a snake is going to do. Will it strike? Will it run? Will it fly? Is it poisonous? Is it harmless? Is it dangerous? Can I kill it? When I throw the stone, will it hit it? Will it vanish? Is there, are there a lot of them somewhere around the place? Being unpredictable creates a sense of mystery. No one can tell what you are going to do next. When you are unpredictable and you have, they are a shepherd, you're a pastor, you're somebody who needs to take charge of a group of people, it is difficult for people to neutralize the anointing on your life through familiarity. Because when you are predictable, a lot, a lot of your anointing is canceled out by familiarity. So you are thinking that, ah, okay, I'm not a pastor and I'm not a shepherd, so how does it affect me? What I'm talking about, in various areas of your life, just because you are so predictable, sometimes people even watch you, they know what annoys you. What, you, what, what annoys you will be done constantly until you do something you shouldn't do. Or say, it's unpredictable that you would do. And sometimes people watch you and they know that they want to get you into trouble with your boss, for example. And you will by all means come late a certain number of times. And the person will by all means make sure that the boss finds out about it. So try and go early a little bit. It will help you think about your own life and apply it to your life. In John chapter 7, verses 2 through, 2 through 10, the Bible says, Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe in him. You see, even his brothers did not believe in him. Sometimes the people you think believe in you are the ones who don't believe you at all. And some stranger or some, 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 some person who doesn't talk to you often believes you more than those people do. Then Jesus said, and this is Jesus himself. Then Jesus said unto them, my time is not yet come. But your time is always, always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. So Jesus was unpredictable when he was invited to the feast. Bishop says that at one point, everyone thought he would come. At another one, he said he would not come. In the end, he went to the feast and ministered powerfully. 
Too many of us have these lives that everybody knows about because we are so predictable and because we talk too much. So predictable, we talk too much. Lady Reverend tells this story. Um, Lady Reverend's stories are always uh, amazing. I mean, she tells this story about two best friends. They are two best friends. One of them was having a problem in her marriage, and the other one was not married. I'm sure you know where the story is going. So this one, who had a problem in her marriage, told the other one everything about the problem. You know that some of us, we can describe everything in detail. You get me? You can actually feel everything that we are feeling. You get me? It's part of, it's part of drawing sympathy. Where people who like feeling sorry for themselves, you, you, get what, you get what I'm saying? We are good at telling stories. So um, when, when people like Reverend are not happy, they don't talk at all. But some of us, when we are happy, when, when, when we are not happy, uh-huh, now the anointing to talk has come. We can describe even through the tears. You get me? Everything that is happening, exactly how we are feeling, not feeling, this, that. You see, you give people too much immune because you are genuinely thinking that. You are drawing some sympathy. And most of the time, you will draw some sympathy because most people are kind. But you see, sometimes you have made a mistake. Because in this case of the two best friends, Lady Reverend has fantastic stories. I mean, this story, when she told the story, I can't tell it as well as she tells, but by the time she was done telling the story, our jaws were, I mean, those of us listening to the story, we were, we were stupefied because we couldn't believe that anybody's best friend would do that. So she told the story, and obviously she, had been, she didn't tell it once. She had been telling it over a period of time because the same way, no relationship deteriorates in a day. So over the entire period the relationship was deteriorating, she was telling her friend everything that was happening. So eventually she packed her things and moved away from this town that begins with a T. So when she moved away, she went to a town beginning with an A for a while. So in about a month to six weeks, she came back to the town beginning with a T. And when she came back, she said she, had, she came to see whether things would have improved, and if it hadn't improved, packed the rest of her things or something like that. I don't remember the, all the fine details of the story. But when she got there, her friend was in high heels, cooking in her kitchen. You get me? And when she tried to make a, 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 a case out of it, it was like, what are you complaining about? And I mean, she was driven out of the place for, for good. The, the moral of the story is not that you should be afraid of your best friend, but the moral of the story is that some of us talk too much. Be a little more unpredictable, and every problem should not be written on your face. You're not the only one with problems. People are looking nicer with worse problems than you have. You get me? Sometimes your problems... You see, when, when you've been, been a pastor for a while, what happens is that you hear so many different stories. In one weekend, you can hear somebody is so sad... I saw this, this picture on the telly of the widow bowing over her husband's body, you know, sobbing, the, the one that the uh, president sent the message to, that um, he knew what he signed up for. No, I mean, no political commentary here. I'm not interested. I mean, believe me, long ago since I was interested in politics. But when I, what I saw when she was over the casket was the sobbing, and she alone, and she, she was, she's pregnant, and she was holding a child. And she was, I mean, her body was just moving on the casket on the telly. A pregnant woman. There's no way it doesn't do something to you on the inside. You, 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 you get what I'm saying? When you are a pastor, you hear a story like that, and then you hear another story of somebody who is also very happy. Everything is working for them. 
Their business is working. Their marriage is working. They've had a child. They've got, today I heard this young lady testifying about miracle money. You see, 6,000 plus Ghana cities, which she didn't have before last week's service. You get me? And Bishop preached about miracle money. And she believed it. And she went to, to her room. And then she listened to the message again. When she went to school, the fees she couldn't pay, which was 4,000 plus Ghana cities. The beza called her, or somebody in administration called her to the office, and she had the money now in excess, 6,000 plus Ghana cities. You see, Ghana cities, miracle money. Ghana cities is nothing to you. So even when you heard the message, miracle money, you say, what message is this? You didn't think about it. But for somebody in a university in Ghana, miracle money is a necessity. She knows where she's coming from. As she has arrived in this university, even how to get through the university is a problem. So when she heard the message, that I listened to last week. I didn't pray with the message. I, I, when I finished listening to the message, I, listened, I think Ida sings at the end of it. And I moved on to the next message. Miracle money. Of I mean, it's like, I mean, I not, because we don't, say, we don't say it. But that is the truth. That is why you don't activate any faith concerning the message. But this lady, owing the university 4,000 plus Ghana cities, which is probably what, like $1,000 or less? Something like that? She took the message. She listened to it and listened to it and listened to it. And so one of the days in school, she was just called. She had 6,000 guns. And, and this week, she's not ashamed of her testimony. She has appeared in the service to share the testimony. I don't even know how I got into miracle money, but anyway, you, somehow I got into miracle money. What I'm saying is that some of us are not unpredictable at all. And this is our way of describing every feeling with diagrams. You get me? Diagrams and whatever. Grow up a little. Comfort somebody else. Sometimes, what, what, the reason why you tell your story so much is that you don't think about others. Comfort someone else. Look around. Somebody else's, your story is not easy, but somebody else's story is a little more difficult than yours. It's not for, to, for you to look down on the person, but love somebody else, care for somebody else, talk to somebody else, pray for somebody else for a change. Be a little unpredictable. Every time when you go to pray, the angels know what they are coming to pray about. You alone. Me, myself, and I. Change the prayer topic a little. You get me? Every time you are wondering, ah, these prayer topics they are doing at dawn and noon. When will it be about me and my prosperity? Pray for somebody else. Pray for something else. God will hear you more. Okay? The Bible says that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. So let, let God be surprised that, hey, today, she did not pray for herself. The other, Mark, Mark chapter 1, verses 37 through 38. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And Bishop is talking about Jesus using the key of unpredictability in deciding where he would preach. So people thought he would stay in town because the meeting was working in town. But he decided to go on to the next town, to the next village. He was unpredictable even in picking. He didn't stay in places just because everybody there was happy with him. Or because he was expected to. You see, whatever you're doing as a Christian, you must be led by the Spirit. You can't do something because people expect you to do it. People's expectations is what leads a lot of Christians and a lot of men of God into trouble. People's expectations. People expect that you will do this. People expect that you will do that. 
You get me? Everything, there's no one size fits all for everyone. People expect when we first came into this country some 20 something years ago, in a lot of the traditional American churches, there used to be this, um, I, I wouldn't call it a doctrine, but they are very used to women staying at home. You get me? And I remember one of my friends saying that, I will never stay at home. I will never stay at home. She said, I will never stay at home. I don't care how much my husband makes. I don't care how much anybody gives me. I will never, ever, ever stay home. Then she added, every child will grow up. The child of the one who goes to work and the child of the one who doesn't go to work. All the children grow up. For the children to do well, God has to bless them. Let's all pray. If you want to stay home, stay home. Me, never. I won't. And she's a wise person. You get what I'm saying? She's a wise person to immediately take herself out of something. It's not because it's unwise to stay home. It's just that she knew herself. She said, even if I stay home, the place will never look nice. She's very funny. She said, me, if I stay home, the place will still not look nice. If I stay home. I mean, it's not that she can't. She said, it was, it's useless. I won't do this. She, you see, she understood the word of God at a time when people are making you feel that this is the only way to be a Christian woman. There's, not, there's never one, only one way to do something else. As we have lived here, we have found other Christian people who talk a lot about Christian career women. There are different ways to do most things. You, you go and, don't be so predictable. You, you can't let be put in a box. People are expecting you to do this, so you do it. If as you are doing it, there is a problem, it will amaze you what the people who are expecting you to do it will say. So make sure that as you are doing it, one, you like what you are doing. Two, and, and more importantly, make sure that you are in God's perfect will. Once you clear those two things, you are okay. You can't, you can't do, I mean, difficult things in life. And, and, and the, the things which are worth doing in life are typically not easy. You get me? So career and things, you don't do it for anybody. You can't pick a profession and say that it's my, my parents made me. No, 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 no. Your parents won't be there. They say in this country, I think that that's another thing they say, that your mother doesn't work here. What they mean is that if you make a mistake, they will deal with you. What they mean is that if they have to sack you, they will sack you. What they mean is that nobody's babying you here, nobody's overlooking your mistakes here. It's time to work. So if you are going to be in it, be in it because you have decided to be in it. And then when you have decided to be in it, remember also that your mother is not there. Since your mother is not, your mother is the person that when she shouts, 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 she shouts for, uh, for a long time and you still don't do what you said, then sometimes she will even do it. Then when you come, she will still be smiling. Depending on her mood, she will either smile sometimes or scream sometimes. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. If you go and try that in the wrong place, you can easily be put on the street. So for those of you who are getting old enough to understand what I'm saying, your mother doesn't work in the place you are going to work. Your mother, even when she shouts, she still loves you. Where you have gone to, the people there, they don't love you. Chances that they love you, next to zero. Some of them don't even like you before we even upgrade it to love. Some of them don't even like you to start with. Your, 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 your dark face is already annoying people. Add, add your last name, which is foreign sounding, then you are at a different level. <laughs> One of my friends, she's, she's done very well in this country career-wise. She, she told me the week I came, she said, forget about Accra. Forget about everything you ever did there. 
forget about every qualification you have there. She had only been here for about a year and a half. She said, here, you, you are a triple minority. Take it from me. She's a very smart person. She said, you are a triple minority. You are black, you are a woman, you speak English with a foreign accent. You are a minority three times over. And everything she said, I found out to be true. John chapter 6, verses, verses 65 through 66. Jesus used, uh, let me read the verse. And he said, therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. A lot of us expect that so long as we are doing God's work, so long as we are doing what we were told at the pastor's meeting, at the shepherd's meeting, everybody should like us. That the sign that we are not doing the will of God is the fact that um, is the fact we, we rather think that once we do the, we, what we think is that, let me put it this way, once we are doing the will of God, people will flock to us. People will like us. People will treat us well. We take it into every area of life. Once I go to work and I'm a good person, you know, I'm nice to everybody, I do what they want me to do, I will do well, I'll be promoted, people will be nice to me. We, we expect that because we are doing the right thing, people should respond to us a certain way. I mean, if you live a little, you will know that, let's be serious, life doesn't work that way. The fact that you walk into a place even smiling, doesn't mean people will smile back. Sometimes you are wondering, ah, I'm just applying for some license, a license here. Just your face makes somebody frown and start giving you a hard time. Because you don't know where the person is coming from. You will do better to start uh, um, praying for favor before you go anywhere. Than expecting that because you think, and even what you say is the right thing. Some people don't think you are doing the right thing. You get me? So be, be, be careful about these things. And, and most of all, if you're a pastor, a shepherd, anybody who has to deal with people, don't think that because you are doing what your senior pastor said, people will be happy with you. It doesn't work that way. We are too addicted to the approval of others in every area of life. If you are going to do the right thing, do it unto God and let God himself reward you. Just know that it is the Lord's work. You get me? And that is why Jesus was unpredictable. He, that, that's what Jesus, in his preaching, when every, everyone thought he would say something nice to make even more crowds come. The crowds were coming. So now the disciples are expecting say nicer things. That's when he began to talk in such a way about people drinking his blood and eating his flesh, and then the crowds left. Because, you see, people don't like hard messages. Years ago, when Elpak, Elpak is what we call Elpi Akwele, was first moved to Atlanta to work with Apostle, she said, I remember her saying that a bishop was coming, one of the bishops was coming for a camp, I think it was Bishop Adi, and the registration for the camp was low. Then around that time, they started a registration for Lady Reverend said, daughter, you can make it. And she said, before, I mean, she couldn't believe it. Even in Atlanta, where she was with Apostle, the people who had registered for the daughter, you can make it in New Jersey. But those same people had not registered to go to the camp, wherever it was. So she said, as she said, it, one of the ladies, you know, there's always somebody who is bold enough to tell you what the others are thinking, but will not say. She said to her that, Lady Reverend Smith is nice. When we go, we dress up. We want to dress up. We can change for every meeting. She herself is well-dressed. No meeting is too long. We don't mind buying a ticket to go there. Then she said, ah, but Bishop's meeting is also nice. The person said, uh-huh. All oh, we are going to hear is kill yourself for Jesus. <laughs> Not going. Not going. She couldn't believe it. Look, when she told us, 
we had such a good laugh. Because this is, you see, this is the one who is bold enough to tell you why you are struggling with the registration. He said, she, the, person, the lady told her that once there's a, this option for this other meeting, me and my, my friends and I, this is the meeting we will go for. It's a nicer meeting to go to. Kill yourself for you. Kill yourself for Jesus. It's not a meeting we want to go to. You get me? You, if you listen to the bishop carefully, you know he says much more than kill yourself for Jesus. But that's what people have done. They are so familiar with the message. They have reduced the entire message of a man's whole life to how many words? Kill yourself for Jesus. Five words. That's what people can do. That's the power of familiarity. They will reduce, I mean, it will amaze you what your life and your words can be reduced to. So if the bishop's life and his words can be reduced to five words, once when I was pastoring, I think it was Philadelphia. I was pastoring in Philadelphia. One lady said to me, and she's my friend, she's my friend up to this day. She said, Lady Pastor, the message is Mienu. Lady Pastor has two messages, two messages. Quiet time and submission. So, so, so you want to think that, you see, you are the one who wants to think that people are listening and getting impacted by, some are, but there's a whole group of people who are so familiar with you, they have reduced everything you are saying. This person is a, is a good friend of mine. She's actually one of the people from that branch who calls me maybe two, three times a year to check on me. She said, Lady Pastor has two, Lady Pastor Elaine, she has two messages. One, quiet time, two, submission. If you don't like either of those messages, when she starts talking, you don't have to bother. Yeah, quiet time and submission. That's all. So, you see, when she said it, I remembered, I remembered uh, that somebody reduced Bishop's ministry to five words. So if, if, there, if I'm at two, it's not bad. You <laughs> kill yourself for Jesus. Jesus used the key of, the, he goes on to say this, Jesus used the key of unpredictability when he was at the peak of his ministry. Instead of continuing his ministry on earth, he left the earth. He died on the cross and left the whole of the ministry that God wanted to the comforter, the Holy Ghost. You see, that's not what you are expecting. For most of us, when something is working, we don't stop it. Once it is working, we don't, we don't know when to let something go. We don't know when to stop and do something different. It's like I was born doing this. I must do only this, even though something else brings me money now. This is not working for me, but this else will work. But no, once it is working, we don't even know that we have arrived where it will no longer work. He used the key of unpredictability, Bishop says, in his healing ministry. Please tell me, do I, how many more minutes do I have? I promise, today I'll stop on time. Wherever I am, I'll stop. Okay, when you, lift it up when you, when, when you have it, please. I, I need to have an idea so I can round up. When you tell me suddenly, I don't know what to do. So... Um, Jesus used the key of unpredictability in his healing ministry. You couldn't tell what strategy he would use to heal people. He healed so many sick people and he did it in so many different ways. There are chapters of the gospel where he laid hands on everybody who got healed. There are places where he spit in the sand and touched the eyes of the people with the, what the, 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 the concoction he made out of the spit and the mud. There are times when he walked at the pool of Bethesda, he healed one person. He walked in, healed one man, and came out. You could never tell what he was going to do. You could never tell. So, like sometimes everybody is healed. Sometimes one person is healed. Okay. Sometimes. So, so tell me again. In, I mean, when I have five minutes, please. So, even in relate, relation to eating and fast, fasting and eating, there was a time Bishop. Fast, uh, I said Bishop. 
Jesus fasted so much that the only person in the Bible whose fasting life is compared to his is Moses. That's how much Jesus fasted. Going on a 40-day fast without water, without food, it's not a joke. You get me? It's not a joke at all. And he did that. And then there was, there was a time when he ate so much that he was criticized for eating. He was eating all the rich food. One of my friends was telling me that these days she feels that when, even when you are at an event, <coughs> excuse me, even when you are at an event and um, you go for seconds, you get me? When you go for seconds, she feels that people disapprove of you just for going for seconds. You get me? They are not going for seconds. But if you get up and go back to the table, it's like, hey, who, <laughs> who is this who eats so much? And she says sometimes she goes back for seconds because when she doesn't know what she will actually like, she takes very little of everything. Then when she figures out what she actually likes, then she goes back. But um, people, ha I mean, the disapproving looks are so much that if, if you don't, um, if you don't um, have a certain, certain still in your nature, you can't easily go back for the seconds. Meanwhile, the first time, they took more than you took. I tell you, but why is she thinking about this? If you want to eat, eat. If you don't want to eat, do eat. I mean, but then again, she's also younger. So I guess what people think, you know, at a certain age, we genuinely don't care. <laughs> at a certain age, we genuinely don't care. If you are over 50 and you care what people are thinking about, whether you went for seconds or whether you didn't go for seconds, your problems are many. You, you see, you, you, you left high school a long time ago. You really should not care. If you, if, if you are going to eat, eat. And if you are not going to eat, don't eat. Even Jesus, people couldn't predict what he was going to do. He used the same key of unpredictability in his relationships. He, at, there were times he only related with his disciples. There was a time when he moved with the rich, the famous, the corrupt. Back in the country, which begins with a G, I remember there was a man of God who was always getting into trouble because people said he has church members who smuggle um, drugs and that a lot of the money that he initially got was um, laundered money. But you see, even Jesus had friends like that. Zacchaeus was like that. He was a tax collector with a lot of money. I don't know why Serena is laughing. Wasn't Zacchaeus a corrupt person? He himself admitted that he was a corrupt person. And Jesus went to his house. You get me? Then others were offended by how he related with women. The thing about relating with women, I guess, where men are concerned is that uh, typically you can't win. You get me? Typically you can't win. You can't please... If you, are, if, if you are objective enough, you know that typical, typically you can win. Because no matter what you do, someone will not like the way you relate to women. You get me? Either your wife doesn't like it, or the church members don't like it, or somebody doesn't like it. You get, you get what I'm saying? I remember there was a branch, and there was a young lady who got pregnant before she got married in that branch. And to my amazement, when the topic came up at the meeting, the people who were most angry about the fact that this young lady was still singing in church were church members. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. You are a church member. You are not, the person is not your sheep. So if she sings in the choir, why does it worry you so much? Yes, she's pregnant. At least we know who the father of the child is. And the father hasn't denied that he's the father. You get me? We, we, you know that because what I mean is that in life you must always think of how much more complicated and difficult a situation can get. 
and um, they have been spoken to, and the families have been spoken to, and there will be a wedding eventually, or there will be a marriage of some sort eventually. As you sit in the congregation, what does it do to you whether she sings or not? No, don't get me wrong. I don't condone, I'm not condoning sin, but I'm just saying that in the grand scheme of all the problems that we can all have, if she stands on the stage and she sings, what does it do? Why don't you leave her to the God she says she serves to judge? Nobody is a better judge than God. Why do you, why do you complicate? Why do you complicate the pastor's life by calls about this girl standing on the stage singing? And you see, you should be careful because when you are asking these questions, then somebody else will say that who asked the question? Then they will say, ah, but was she married when she had her firstborn? You, you, you see, you don't, since your story is in the past, don't, 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 and, see, and, and now, now by the grace of God, our church has been lo- here long enough for us to remember you, and, I mean, the stories, we don't have to go far for them these days. You see, <laughs> one of my sons, the year, the, the church started, one of, the year one of my sons was born. So I know exactly which year the church started in, 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 in Holy Cross. It's over 20 years ago now. The stories, we don't have to go far. Because human nature is generally the same everywhere. So the same way Lady Reverend used to have fantastic stories. Nowadays, Elpis Sarah and the rest of us, we also have a few fantastic stories. So if you start talking a lot, somebody may remember something about you. And since you don't want people to be remembering things about you, let the girl sing and let the Holy Spirit speak to the pastor. You don't think it's a good idea? It's a good idea. It's a very good idea. Let, let the girl sing. If the, if the Holy Spirit is not convicting her, who are you to convict her? The Bible says that the spirit of truth, when he arrives, he will convict men of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Having said that, it's a bad idea if you haven't had children yet to have a child before you get married. Having said that, it's a bad idea. Even we, we, before we come to the verses, it's a bad idea. The person, you, you see, so, so don't, don't let such things worry you. Jesus is allowed to relate to whom he wants to relate with. A man of God's life has to be so disciplined, so narrow, so straight. I live with one, I know. You get what I'm saying? So if there's a group of people who make him happy, it's really none of your business. You can, because I remember pastoring in Newark, and I remember people asking me why some two, two particular ladies were my friends. And I remember thinking that, why is it your business whether they are my friends or not? And the truth of the matter is that they were among the few people who made that place worth going to. Because they are so funny and so silly, and they tell you exactly what they are thinking. So you know, you know a lot just by their, their talking. Just by their conversation, you, you know what people are really thinking. And they are genuinely funny. They are my friends to, to this day. They are not particularly spiritual, but they have always been in the church. Why is it your problem that they are my friends? Why does it bother you? It's like if you say you are a pastor. You see, and that is when I began to understand how the men feel. Because when I was left, now I was left alone in Newark because Reverend had been brought in Manhattan. Then people began to take me on for who I relate to who I don't relate to, 
who, because people would take on whoever is in charge. When you read in the book of Kings, it says that, it says, fight with none except the one who, except the king of Israel. I think that's how the verse goes. That's how it goes. The, the fight is not with the pool the person is married to. The fight is with the person himself. So once you become the person, you will see how people will take you on. Before Reverend left Newark, I didn't have such issues. Who my friends are, what dress I wear, what dress I don't wear. What, at a point, I mean, sometimes you, sometimes you don't even know what to do. You are completely, Professor Eugene is right, you are completely confused. Until you remember that the person you serve is God. You see, and that is why if you have anything to do with any group of people, you have to learn to be unpredictable. You, before God, you see, a servant is judged by God. The Bible says, who are you that you judge another man's servants? Who are you to judge another man's servant? Leave the person to God. Jesus related with whomever he wanted to relate to. Pray for the person. If you are that concerned about the church of God and the effects of the pastor's life on the church of God, pray. God has a way of dealing with the people who serve him. The Bible says that the people who serve God, they will get the stricter judgments. Why are you worried? They, they say they are serving him. And his word says that they will get the stricter judgments. You shouldn't be worried. You shouldn't be worried. You and I should not be worried. You see, the fact that they can even pick on a woman for relating to two other women, it tells you how far that goes. It was the shock of my life. But they are, they are two very crazy people. I mean, if there's a short dress, they will wear it. If the ones is the shortest dress in the whole of the state of New Jersey, they will wear it. I mean, they're completely crazy. They're both of them, and they are crazy up to today. I mean, the, the dresses have gotten a little longer, but not much. I mean, when they wear a long one, it will be tight. So that's just what it is. So in that chapter where he talks about the masters at being unpredictable, he also talks about the Holy Spirit and unpredictability, but we don't have time for that. So what I want you to remember is that some of us are too predictable. Because we are so predictable, it's not spiritual to be such a predictable person. It's spiritual to be an orderly person. It's spiritual to be an organized person, but it's not spiritual to be so predictable. So pray about it. Pray about it that in your life, God will show you by his spirit how not to be so predictable. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you are bringing your tithes and your offerings, and I, and I highly recommend this book to you. If you read a chapter a week, you will learn a whole lot. You know, I thought I had, I'd gone through most of the book. I didn't even know, I was telling Reverend yesterday or today, that there were pictures of snakes at the back. That, that shows you how much I hadn't read the book, but I thought I had read it. You get me? So sometimes we think we've read the book, but we haven't read the book. Um, so if you are bringing your tithe into God's house today, I want to encourage you that as Bishop has been pre preaching about miracle money, the verse in Malachi, where he talks about opening the windows of heaven, is a verse that you should think about. That verse says that, you know, if you're supposed to be singing, you sing. I mean, most of the time I've forgotten how to do these things. So if you're supposed to be singing, you sing. I'll figure out how to talk. In a, I mean, if, if, I mean, I'll figure out how to do the talking. So. Um, so the verse in Malachi says that, Bring ye all your tithes and your offerings into his storehouse. Bring ye all your tithes and your offerings into his storehouse. And 
We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.